Good morning, everyone. I hope you're doing well today. Today is Thursday, January 14th, I think. That's right. Yep, that's right. It's a uh, sunny day here in North Texas. It's supposed to be a little warmer today, get up to 60 maybe. So that's exciting. And today, this morning, we are going to talk about Christianity and anger. Christianity and anger. Anger is something that we're seeing a lot of lately, and uh, we've seen a lot of it for a while. So I thought we'd have a good talk about it. Let's talk about anger. Let's talk about the ways in which uh, uh, we express our anger, the way the things we do with our um, anger, and, and the things we're angry about. So uh, thanks for joining me today. Looks like we have uh, several of you joining live. Great to have you here. D, Phyllis, and Patty. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. So we'll start with a Bible verse from Psalm 139, verse 2. You know when I sit down and when I stand up, you understand my thoughts from far away. You know when I sit down and when I stand up, you understand my thoughts from far away. So uh, the idea is that God knows us. God knows what we're thinking. God knows our feelings. God knows what we're dealing with. God knows. God knows. And so uh, throughout the pages of the Bible, we have people who... uh, go through all kinds of different emotions, right? And we see how how they react, respond to their emotions, how they react, what they do, the things they do, the things they say. Some of the emotions are good. Some of them cause them to dance, right? David dances. And some aren't so good. Sometimes their emotions cause them to violate God's law because they're not, they don't know how to control their emotions. And I would say the, the two greatest... Um, well, the, the thing that we struggle with the most is understanding the emotion of anger and how that anger plays out within us. Good morning, Peggy, Tina, and Julie. Great to have you guys here. I appreciate you joining me today. And good morning, Margaret. Okay, so today there are lots of angry people in the world, right? There's lots of angry people in the United States. Last week we saw angry people, right? Going to the Capitol building, right? It started out as a protest and then anger, uh, you mix in protest uh, and anger, anger with this crowd and boom, we're going to the Capitol. After we had an entire summer of anger, of protests, protests that lead to, led to looting and all that stuff. And so it's like, and you turn the news on today and so many people want to talk about, well, how is it that they were okay with what they were doing and they weren't okay in what they were doing? And it, it, When anger strikes us, what do we do with it? That's the question we need to have. When anger strikes us, what do we do with it? First off, let's talk about the sources of anger that we have. Where does our anger come from? Where is our anger coming from? Uh, so I would say there's righteous anger. There's righteous anger where you see something happening that is wrong, an injustice, and it needs to be righted. And it's that should make you angry. Right? The Beatitude says, for, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Uh, we should be angry. We should be angry. Uh, and so uh, there are things that we should definitely be angry about. And then there is manufactured anger manufactured anger. Somebody is creating uh, this 
situation so that you will be angry. Why would they do that? You Do you know that people profit from your anger? People profit from your anger. That, that's basically cable news. Cable news is I want to make you angry so that you continue to watch, so that you continue to listen to what I have to say, right? That I mean, that's how it works. We have to fill 24 hours of programming. How can we get you to stay and watch? And we can tell you the news, but then we got we to gotta do something to make you stay. And so we're going to make you angry. We're going to make you angry so that you'll stay and watch. Because if you're angry, you will stay longer. You will stay longer. Good morning, Karen. If you, uh, I don't know if anybody likes Howard Stern. Anybody's ever listened to Howard Stern. But back in the 80s and 90s, when he was booming in popularity, they would, that, why do people listen? Well, his fans listened for a certain amount of time. But the people who were disgusted by what he had to say, who were angered by what he had to say, listened longer. They listened longer than his fans. For whatever reason, anger is something that, I don't know if it's entertaining or what, but but it makes us stay longer. It makes us stay longer. So there is manufactured anger. And so we always have to ask, when we're angry about something, the first thing we need to ask is, should I be angry about this? Should I be angry about this? Well, I, I'm not sure because I, I don't know if what I'm being told is the truth. We'll find out a way to learn the truth. If you're getting it from one source and the other sources, I mean, do some investigative work. Find out if it's something you should be angry about. Because lots of things that we're angry about, I don't know if we necessarily need to be angry about. Some things don't impact us at all. Some things aren't an injustice, right? Some things are manufactured, plain and simple. So what does the Bible say about anger? What does the Bible say about anger? We'll start at the love chapter, 1 Corinthians 13. And if you've ever been to a wedding, I'm sure you've heard this reading before. 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 and 5 and 6. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. Love does not rejoice in manufactured anger, right? But rejoices in the truth. The text does not say that we should never be angry. That's one of the misconceptions, I think, of Scripture. Is the, We believe that Scripture tells us that we should never be angry. Well, no, it doesn't. It, it doesn't. It says we should not be easily angered. We should not be easily angered. Are we angered too easily today? I think so. I think so. I think we get uh, angered over smallest things that don't impact us, that aren't injustices, that are... Somebody making a decision about themselves, right? Stuff like that. If someone, you know, if someone makes a decision about where they're going to go to school or all kind, you know, we get angry. It's like, well, they're making a decision for them. They're making a decision for a business they own. They're making a decision for their family. We get angry over the smallest things. Um, and, and so when we do get angry, then what do we do with it? As I said before, there are times when there is righteous anger where we should be angry about something because we see something that is wrong, we see an injustice, and so 
What do we do with our anger? What do we do with it? James chapter 1, verse 19 through 20. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Slow to speak, quick to listen, and slow to become angry. James agrees with Paul about being slow to anger, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. So, quick to listen. In our anger, how often in our anger are we quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to become angry? Uh, I think oftentimes it's the opposite way. Opposite we are quick to speak, slow to listen, and quick to become angry. But the Bible, James says, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Listen to what other people say. Listen to if you're having a conflict with somebody, listen to them. Listen to what they have to say. Be slow to speak. How many times have we all said how many times have you said something that you regret? Something you wish you could take back? Something as soon as you said it you think, "Oh, I shouldn't have said that." Be slow to speak and slow to become angry because in our anger we could hurt others. In our anger we could hurt ourselves. Right? You, you, you can see both happen. In our anger, we could hurt others. We could hurt others with our words. We could hurt ourselves. It's easy to hurt ourselves, right? And in, in angry, you know, I don't, I, kid I went to high school with punched a brick wall because he was angry, broke his hand. Right? I mean, we, we know these stories. They happen. Uh, good morning, Kathy and Jackie. Great, uh, great that both of you could join us today. Great to have you here. But just a biblical example, Genesis chapter 4. Cain and Abel were the children of Adam and Eve, and Cain killed Abel because of uncontrolled anger in his heart. He was jealous, and his jealousy led to anger, and in this uncontrolled anger in his heart, he killed his brother. He killed his brother. My grandfather was a police officer, a detective, uh, and he said that the very worst calls to ever get were was domestic, uh, domestic dispute, husband and wife arguing, because you never know what you're walking into. You are walking into a situation where two people are very angry, and in their anger, they this uncontrolled anger, people will do things to hurt themselves or to hurt one another, and it's scary. It's scary because. When anger takes control of you like this, you're unpredictable. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what you're going to do. You can't say. And so Cain killed his brother out of anger. Ephesians 4, 26 through 27. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. So anger is something that we're going to deal with. We are going to get angry about things. Sometimes it's good that we get angry. Things we should get angry about. And other times we're going to get angry about stuff that, well, we really don't need to get angry about. Anyway, we're going to be angry. What do we do with it? What do we do with it? Ephesians says, in your anger, don't sin. Don't let your anger to sin. And don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. Don't live with it for a night. Because if you do, you give the devil a foothold. That's what Ephesians 4 says. You give that you open the door to the devil to say, come into my life. Come into my life. Uh, 
So anger leads to bad things because the devil gets a foothold. Because when we start to allow our emotions, our angers to influence the way we think, the decisions that we make, we start doing things that we shouldn't. We start doing things that we shouldn't. And when we choose to hold on to that anger, when we choose to hold on to that anger for long periods of time, that's when we see damaging things happen in our life. When we just, when we hold on to anger at somebody or something or what, and we start to see terrible things happen. Anger, anger causes people, groups of people and individuals to do things that they shouldn't, to do terrible, terrible things. Jesus talked about this too. He said in Matthew chapter 5, verses 21 through 22, You have heard it said to the people long ago, you shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. To make us go, wait, 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 wait. We can't be angry with someone? We can't be. Paul and James said it's okay. We should be slow to anger. But there's times when we should be angry. And Paul and James said it's okay. Paul and James said to be slow. I mean, not to hold on to it. So how is what Jesus is talking about different than what Paul and James were talking about? Well, Jesus is talking about this uncontrolled anger that rages in our hearts, the anger of Cain, right? Where all we think about is how angry we are at this person. We sit there over and over and we fume about it. We think, I am so, and, and it just consumes us. It just consumes us. And, and maybe we don't do what Cain did, where Cain killed Abel, but we sit there and we think and we scheme about ways that Bad things can happen to that person. We wish bad things on that person. And all we do is we spend our time thinking about how mad we are at that person, how angry we are at that person. And it consumes us. It overtakes us, right? It becomes our conversation. It becomes our national conversation when all we're focused on is how angry we are at somebody or something. I don't know if you've recognized the national conversation lately has a lot to do with anger. And one side is angry at a person and the other side is angry at an election. It's a lot of anger being thrown around. A lot of anger. And it's something that we're living with. We are living with this anger. Many of us like to live with anger though. Many of us like to hold on to it. Because it's a comfortable companion, anger, right? If, 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 if we can spend our days having an enemy, thinking about somebody we don't like, thinking about somebody who's angered us, it's something to focus on. It's something to get us through the day. It's something to carry around with us. And, and we don't really know how to let it go. We don't really know how to express it. Even though it's comfortable doesn't mean it's healthy. So what can we do to let it go? What would it feel like to let it go? How can we let go of our anger? I think there's there's two kinds of anger that I'm talking about. There's the initial anger, right? The initial anger in the, in the moment when we're just really heated. The initial, like, when it's really raw and when it's fresh and when it's new. And it's like, how can we let it go? How can we let it go? Well, I mean, the easiest thing to do is breathe. Just breathe. Just breathe and calm down. If that doesn't work, take a walk. Go for a run. Ride a bike. Punch a punching bag. Do you know? Take a sledgehammer to concrete. Whatever. Just let that energy out because anger sometimes 
gives us energy, right? Gives us energy. And so uh, we need to get past that initial initial anger, that initial raw anger. And then I think that the next is take the time to think things through. Take the time to use your brain, to you put logic over your emotions and to think things through before you say something. Remember, slow to speak. Before you say something that you're going to regret. Be slow to speak. Think things through. Now, let's talk about the anger that stays, the anger that burns, the anger that we carry around with us. What do we do? How do we get rid of that? How can we let that go? I would say that the two, (laughs) Tina said, chop wood. Chop wood is perfect. Yes. Take an ax to wood and it's a great way to let, to release it, to release it. Yes. Um, Anger that stays. How can we let that go? We'll talk about it. Talk about it. Find somebody you can talk about it with, whether that be a counselor or a Stephen minister or a pastor or just a friend, somebody that you can talk about it with and pray, pray. God makes this promise to us that when we pray about the things that are on our hearts, that God will give us peace, that prayer gives us peace. And peace is what we want when we're angry. Peace is what we need when we're angry. So talk about it with somebody, pray about it, and and work on letting it go. Work on realizing that one day you're just not going to let it go. But uh, anger is something that, that has the power to destroy communities and relationships, to burn bridges. Uh, and, and it's something that I think we, we all can work on figuring out healthy ways to deal with our anger. Anger itself is not a bad thing. Ang- being slow to angry, slow to anger, and being angry about things that are, un- you know, injustice and, and people who are un- being unfair, treated unfairly, it's not a bad thing. Anger is not a bad thing. But knowing how to deal with the anger is important knowing healthy ways to deal with anger because you can take a healthy anger, some that you can become angry about something that rightfully you should be, and it can become unhealthy. It can become unhealthy and it can manifest itself in ways that it shouldn't. Uh, and so we talk about it and we pray about it. Uh, and I have to ask, you know, would you be you without this anger? Would you be you without the anger? What would you look like? What would your day look like? What would your life look like if you were able to give up the anger? Maybe maybe you're not an angry person, but for some of you know who, who, what I'm talking about, right? If you carry around anger for a long enough time, it becomes part of you. And what would your life look like if you were able to give it away? You would look a whole lot more like you living and being the person God created you to be. Because walking around and living with anger is not what we were created to do, and it's not who we were created to be. So we will stop there and close with a word of prayer. Good and gracious God, we thank you for this life and for its many challenges. We pray that you give us the strength to overcome all the difficulties in life. Uh, help us to help us to deal with our anger. Help us to uh, live so that we can be at peace with others. Uh, when we are angry, help us to figure out ways to deal with it. Show us what it is that we should be angry about and help us to understand what we don't need to be angry about. Uh, we thank you for your love and grace and may we learn to share that with others. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, everybody, have a wonderful Thursday. We will see you next Tuesday right here and worship service uh, right here on Sunday morning at 11. Take good care of yourselves.